So he said, I found out Thursday, just to be clear, it was Thursday at 6.04 p.m. <laughs> that I found out we were, uh, I was pulling into the Van Buren State Park campground where we'd been camping on vacation and wrapping up our vacation. And I get a text that says, I'm positive you're up. And I had my Bible at the campground. That was it. And so by the time we packed up the camper on Friday and, and got it uh, back home and, and took that first great shower after a vacation where you get all the vacation gunk off you, uh, it was Friday evening before I could get my books that I study with. And so today is going to be exciting because I'm not completely sure what I'm going to say. I'm not completely sure for how long I'm going to say it. It could be 20 minutes. It could be till tomorrow. Like, we're going to figure this out together. Like, I, I don't speak with notes on my thing. I got, like, water, my clicker, and a timer to let me know how long I'm actually talking. So we're going we're gonna to all learn together here and see how this goes because uh, we're covering a lot of territory. So some exciting things is at the end of today, we will officially be halfway through Acts. Okay, we're, we're getting through. <laughs> it, we started in September. Now the, the back half of Acts is going to go a little faster than the front half, but we'll be halfway through. Um, but today was scheduled to finish chapter 12, go all the way through 13 and all the way through 14. And Pastor Doug normally likes to speak on like two verses at a time, sometimes a half a verse. You know, if he's really feeling crazy, like three or four verses. So this week when we're covering over two chapters, I'm not saying he faked COVID, but I also never saw the test. So you guys do with that what you want. I'm just saying it's, it's a lot of material to cover. So we're going to go right into that and, and dig it through. It's going to be, it's some real exciting stuff. Um, and we'll, we're just going to invite God to this moment and we'll see where it goes. So loving father, we do praise you for this time. We praise you for the study of acts that we've had so far and, and Lord, where we see where you've unleashed Holy spirit to, to come and complete your work on this beautiful world that you've created for a people that, that you love so dearly, God. And, and Lord, we just praise you for including us in your mission and and Lord, we just ask you to just really pour that into us today. Let today be a day where we join you fully in your work. God, right now, I just ask you to just calm our hearts and our minds. Prepare us to hear from you and you alone. Lord, only let your words be heard. We praise you in advance for what you will do. And in Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen. Amen. So a few things. One, it feels like it's been three or four years since I've been up here. Although it's been like three or four weeks. But one thing you have to remember when reading the Bible is things seem to go faster than they really do. So like three weeks ago, we spoke about, you know, Peter and the vision and what was going on there timeline wise from where we were then to where we're starting today is like five years of things that happened so we see these little these little glimpses of time and we forget that that can be stretched out over a significant amount of time 
And so we think things just happen so fast, and they really take an amount of time. The material we're covering today is like 10 years worth of Paul's life. So when you, when you read this, you got to remember, it goes a little bit faster on paper than it does in reality. And, and I was kind of thinking about this. One of the things we did on our vacation is we took one of those tall ship rides, you know, the pirate ships in South Haven. And there was no, way, no wind that day. So, like, you didn't get the cool water splashing up and, you know, the, the sails snapping and all that. It was just kind of like dead. And they used the trolling motor more than anything. So, um, but it was cool to, to explore the ship and, and see that. But we asked him, say, okay, if we were to, like, want to go to Chicago right now, how long would it take? And he said, well, and with winds like this, it would take us, like, a week to get to Chicago. He goes, if we had like six or seven knot winds, which are pretty good, like it's, it's going to take all day. Like if we're really moving, it's, it's going to take a considerable amount of time. So when you think of these journeys of Paul, like if there's no wind, it takes a while. And no matter what, on foot and on boat without motors takes time. So when you're reading scripture, remember it doesn't always happen as fast as we think it's happening. Okay, and, and I can't encourage you enough. I know a couple weeks ago when I spoke, I said, hey, it's important that you set aside time to read this on your own. This is another week in which I'm not actually going to be reading scripture to you. I'm summarizing a lot of scripture so that you get the idea of what it is. We're throwing some context in there to give you some things where you go, oh, okay, this is starting to make more sense. You have to put in the work. Okay, if you need a Bible, we have Bibles in the back. It was cool a couple weeks ago, someone came up to me and goes, so can we take a couple of those to, to give to some people that we're talking to? And I absolutely. Elaine, I think this week, or is this week, ordering a bunch more Bibles. Like, it is literally one of our favorite things to spend money on. Okay, so they're on the back. If you need one, take time, read through this part of Acts, go back, listen to the sermons that you've missed in the series. It's important stuff is... God's sending Lighthouse out into the community to make an impact. So please be sure to be doing that. So where, where we left off is we're now in Jerusalem. Okay, so we're finishing Acts 12. It's verses 24 and 25. That's where we're starting. So if we're to look at a map, Jerusalem is way down here. Okay, there's a little bigger dot on the Jordan River you can see. And that is actually the Galilee area. So if you're thinking about the Gospels through Acts where things are taking place because where things take place matter, most of the Gospels is in this area right here with a little bit down here. Okay, but most of it's right here. When we take off Paul's home base, so Jesus' home base was Capernaum, which is like right there by the mouth of the Jordan River. Uh, Paul's home base is Antioch, so he kind of starts here, and then on this one you see these lines, he's going to go, like today we're talking about here, and then at times it's, it's going like up into here, and then, then eventually the, the message gets over here, and then we get like over here, and kind of here, and, and it goes all over here, and eventually does actually end up like right here on the stage at some point. 
But it all starts in these moments on the screen you see in, in Jerusalem. And so the message in 12 says, okay, we're starting in Jerusalem, and this is where we're beginning. So then we have to give time for them to make their way all the way up to Antioch. Okay, And that's really where we, uh, where we pick up. And it says in Acts 13, 2 and 3, the Holy Spirit sent them. So in Antioch, they're praying, and the Holy Spirit says, Hey, I want you to take Saul, and I want you to take Barnabas, and I want you to send them out. You remember Barnabas, the encourager? He's also the guy, like, I forget how long ago, he sold a field, gave all the money uh, in the early church, Acts you know, early X 2, 3 range with uh, Ananias and Sapphira. It starts with Barnabas sold his whole land, so they wanted to do it, but they lied that whole deal. This is this dude. So, so we got Saul and Barney that are going to be going on this great mission because Holy Spirit sent them out, okay? So eventually, they make their way to Antioch of Poseidon, which is a, so this is one Antioch. The other one is way up here. So they made this journey. They stopped here at Cyprus. They, uh, they hung out and, and did some work. And some people came to, to know who Jesus is and, and understood some things. There was this interaction with this guy named Bar-Jesus and, and that whole thing. But we're kind of jumping over that. And we're ending up over here. Now, one thing you'll notice is in Acts, Paul and Saul are the same guy. But there's this change in the name right so the guy that was called Saul is now called Paul he was named Paul from the get-go it wasn't that he had this significant name change he had a Hebrew name which was Saul so when he was down here and over here and even here he would have been Saul because of who he was talking to but as he moved into here into more of your Gentile area, he would have used his Greek name. And that's Paul. At least how we translate it, it's Paul. So it's not like he had this moment of changing his name. He just had this moment of going, for me to reach these people who God has called me to reach, I have to change and use a different name. Because for these people, they'll understand this name, and these people will understand this name, but it's been me the whole time. So that's one thing we need to kind of keep in mind as we're looking at all of this, and going, okay, so this is who Paul is. Okay, and if you remember, we, we talked about uh, a couple weeks ago, there was this switch from where the Jews were the chosen ones. They were the line of Abraham where God said, I'm going to pour this blessing on you for many generations. And they, they were the Jewish nation, the, the Hebrews. And then, so there was them. And then there was the world, everyone else. That's the Gentiles. So most of you are probably part of the world, the Gentiles. Some of you may have Jewish blood. I have some Jewish blood in me, so I don't know where that puts me, but we're all part of the world. So when we talk about the Jews and the Gentiles, it, it's the Jews and everybody else, okay? So we're up here in Antioch of Poseidon, okay? And they spoke on the Sabbath because they were speaking to a majority Jewish or Jewish convert population. So on the Sabbath, they would go to the synagogue, Remember, the Sabbath day begins Friday at sundown and goes until Saturday at sundown. It's not a 24-hour clock like we use. It's not midnight to midnight. It's not sunrise to sunrise. It's sundown to sundown, okay? 
So they would go to the synagogue and the temple, and, and they, would, uh, they would go to church. And so they got done reading the, uh, the laws and the prophets, those first few books of the Old Testament, okay, that we know they would read those. And, and what Paul and Barnabas were doing was making, like, making the rounds, and people were hearing about it, and they're like, hey, do you guys have anything to say? And they're like, well, now that you mention it, yeah, we do. And so they told this story that went all the way back from Abraham and through David and, and through Jesus and the prophets and, and the prophecies of what was happening. And they're going, guys, Jesus came and he died and he rose again to fulfill the law, to be the final sacrifice and to bring everything back into its rights and open up the door for people to have relationship with their creator. And everyone's like, that's amazing. Can you come back next week? And so they did. They came back and they did it again the following week. And that went really, really well. Kind of. Because there were some people in the Jews and the Gentiles who were like, eh, I don't know about this dude. But it went overall pretty well. A bunch of people joined the church. A bunch of disciples were, were formed. And he was there for a while. And then they moved on in their journey. Okay? But they... They had to go on their journey because some of the Jews who didn't believe what they were saying got mad. And they pushed them out. So they said, okay, we're on a missionary journey anyway, so we're going to keep going. And they go to Iconum, which I'm sure I'm mispronouncing that, but I've had like 24 hours to practice this. So this is what we're going with. And this is in 14, chapter 14, verses 1 through 7, we see this, okay? So now we've moved from Antioch of Poseidon to over here to Iconum, okay? And, and this is where they kind of do the same thing again, okay? They spoke to the world this time. This was a heavier Gentile population. This would have been Paul territory, not Saul territory, okay? Um, and also, as you're reading, you're going to see there's this other guy, John Mark, that was on the journey, and, and he kind of left the journey halfway through, and there's a lot of, you know, questions like, oh, why did he leave? But when you read, he's in there. I'm not skipping him, but I'm skipping him. Um, so anyway, we got spoke to the world because he was speaking to the Gentiles on this one. This was the majority, and he's going, hey, guys, this thing that the Jews have been doing for all of these thousands of years, it's for you, too. It's important. The, the thing that, that we have, this salvation, this hope, this fulfillment of this covenant with, with our people is now with you. And you have access to the kingdom of heaven. Amen. And people believed. Yes. And they were hearing the stories and the testimonies of what was going on. And the world is beginning to open up to what God is doing in his creation. In drawing people back into a relationship with him. Just like it was always supposed to be. But as normal, some people got really irritated with it. Because what happened was, back in the other Antioch, those people that were mad and ran them out kind of got the word spread over there. And said, hey, these guys, they're, they're saying some crazy things. So we should probably, probably kill them. So they, they made a plan to stone them. Okay, in stoning someone, we've talked about this before, this isn't like throwing rocks at glass. Like they didn't go in their driveway and pick up like a handful of gravel and be like, hey, you get out of here, get off my lawn. No, they, they're like grabbing rocks. 
and they're throwing them at your head. Like the intent is to end your life. Okay, that's the plan. It's not a pretty thing. And that's what these guys were like, hey, we really don't like what this Paul Saul guy and this Barnabas dude are doing because they're messing with our system. They're messing with what we believe. They're messing with our tradition and our culture. And, and they're making, telling us that we're the same as these other people who are unclean and horrible. And I hate that. And they're like, yeah, we want nothing to do with it. Let's be done with this guy. So they made a plan. Paul heard about the plan. The disciples heard about the plan. Said, you know what? Now seems like a really good time to leave. So they left. And they went to Listeria in Derby. And that was Acts 14, 8 through 20. Okay? So we were here. And then we kind of went down here for a little bit. For some reason, Siri wants to jump into the conversation. Okay? Uh, they went down here and then also over to here. So we're kind of following this blue line a little bit. And they went there. And they did what they always do, right? Okay? They walked past this lame guy who was reaching out. And he's like, hey, you can heal me. And Paul's like, actually, yeah, Holy Spirit can do this. Yeah, go ahead and get up. And everyone's like, whoa, this dude's been lame like his entire life. And now he's like getting up and running around. And that's crazy. And, and he's like, hey, this is what Holy Spirit's doing. This is, this is what God is doing. And this is what God wants to do in your life. He wants to do these amazing things in your life. And people are like, wow, this is amazing. They must be Zeus and Hermes, the Greek mytholo mythological gods. Like they're going, oh, it must be these guys. And Paul's like, well, for starters, they don't exist. And we're not them. And they're like, no, we're pretty sure you are. You know, because the story says that, that Zeus can like come back in the form of a human so so that's got to be Barnabas like Barney and Zeus are the same guy and and Hermes like he's kind of supposed to be given these these great stories and and do these amazing things so that's got to be you and they're like nope we're just like you we're just people like you we're just God's creation like you we're just people that have done some really lousy things and found forgiveness and redemption and God's called us into something significant so it's not about us healing a guy it's about God doing amazing things in our lives because we were willing to let him Amen. well that didn't go really well because they were kind of excited about this whole Zeus and Hermes thing so they're like alright let's stone him and they did so they threw a bunch of rocks at him until they thought he was dead, dragged his body outside the gates, and left him there. And that's Paul's missionary journey. And that's kind of a really, really cruddy ending to a story, right? Like, this is a historical account of what happens. Paul has this amazing conversion moment. Paul gives his life over to God. Paul does what he's supposed to be doing. He's training all these years. He gets on a boat. He travels all these people. All these people who, who are his people should love him and hear what God is doing in their lives. And he should be this, this great person telling them, you know, hey, you can open your eyes. Salvation is here. Salvation is for you. And all these people that, that should love what Paul is doing as he's following God, they decide to hate him the most and kill him. 
Paul knew that's probably how this thing goes. Because Jesus said so. See, actually, if we look in Matthew 10 and 11, we see these two times, the first one in 10, Jesus is actually talking to his disciples, and he's commissioning them, and he's getting ready to send them out. And he's like, guys, just so you're aware, what's about to happen? You're about to be like sheep to wolves. You're about to follow me somewhere that's not going to be fun. Like, you guys are going to die some pretty pretty rotten deaths john didn't die that pretty pretty rotten death but he lived a very very rotten life but the others were martyred for what they believed and jesus was saying hey it's going to be horrible you're going to be brought in front of trials you're going to be brought in front of governors you're going to be flogged in the synagogue you're going to have things thrown at you you're going to be chased all around you're going to be persecuted and you're going to do all of this for me and they're all like okay paul knew what was coming he wasn't surprised by getting stoned because you got to remember paul when he was Saul, was doing that. There was the followers of the way, the disciples of Jesus, those who were spreading this gospel, and Paul was a part of the crew stoning people. Like he knew what was going to happen. He saw it firsthand. He participated firsthand. But Paul also said, what I know now and what I know that God has in store for me and what this relation looks, relationship looks like, this is worth it. Because everyone needs to know what I know. And if this is what it takes to let everyone know what, I need, what they need to know, then I'm on board. And the disciples said that. And in chapter 11 of Matthew, uh, Jesus is having a conversation through a courier with his cousin John the Baptist. Where they're like, they're, word got to Jesus that John the Baptist was in prison and he was about to be murdered because he was doing exactly what God told him to do. And people at one time were like, oh, well, you must be a prophet. You must be Elijah. You must be Moses. And John's like, no, 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 no. I, I'm only the one that comes before the one who came before me. And I'm not even worthy to untie the sandals of the one that's coming. But you need to hear about Jesus and what he's going to do as the Son of God and what he means to your eternity. And John went around baptizing people and spreading the gospel and paving the way for Jesus and his ministry. And that led him into prison into the moment where he was about to die. And Jesus' response to this courier says, go tell my cousin this. So said, the deaf can hear. The blind can see now. The lame are getting up and walking. Those that have leprosy are being healed. People are coming to know who their God is. And blessed are you for not being offended by me. He's telling John the Baptist, I know you're going to die. I'm about to die too. But the blessing is on you because you understood the significance of what God has called you to. And you're willing to take it all the way. 
So we have Paul laying lifeless, dragged outside of a city. And we call it Paul's first missionary journey because there's other journeys. He wasn't dead. He was mostly dead. The disciples, they, they got him and, and they brought him back to Antioch. Okay, So we see the return to Antioch in, in chapter 14, 21 through 28. So, so they get back up into here, into Antioch, and they heal up. And Paul's like, wow, okay. Let's gather up the disciples and let's have a little powwow. And, and so he starts preaching to the disciples. And he says, guys, I, I get what you see in me. Like, I don't look good. I, I, I get it. They almost killed me. But the message we have, the good news we have, the gospel we have is far too important to let that stop us. So he gave them the pep talk they needed to have and said let's go back out there so he launched the disciples and and that's how we kind of start moving from from here and up into here and and all around into right here in Kalamazoo where where the gospel needs to be spread and continued to this day and the crazy thing is so he preached to the disciples and then they went back to Lysteria and Iconium and Antioch he went back to the people that killed him He went back to the ones that decided that his value was to throw rocks, like big rocks, at his head. Because he, he sat there and said, you know, if they're throwing stones at my head, they probably didn't hear what I actually was saying. And they really need to hear this. And I don't know about you, but if I tried to kill someone... And they didn't die, and then they came back and tried to tell me yet again that God loves me. That's going to have a pretty significant impact on me. Because see, we go back, like, for the fourth week in a row, we're going to quote this one verse to you. It's, it's John three sixteen. for God so loved the world, which is who Paul's going to. He's talking to the Jews and the Gentiles. He's talking to the world that he gave his only begotten son. That whoever believes shall not perish, but have everlasting life. And John's like, my time here is so short. The message is so great. And these people don't know it, obviously, because they're trying to kill me. So we have to go back. We can't quit. We have to go back, and we got to tell them again. And so he does. So church, I have two questions for you today. Normally I have three. Today I have two. Have you ever followed what God called you to do and it got hard? I guess the easier question is, have you ever followed what God told you to and it was easy? But have you, ever, have you ever felt God going, hey, I want you to do something. And it's going to be hard. And, and that's, a, you know, it's really hard for us to comprehend this, the Paul and the disciples hard of where they're like dying for the gospel compared to sometimes what we deem as persecution and hard but it, it can still be hard for us and there are parts of the world that are dealing with what paul is dealing with and they know it like 
five or six years ago, Jenny and I were at a, a conference and for the Wesleyan Church, and we got to this, we were in this worship service, and they, we were praying for missionaries with global partners, and that's the Wesleyan Missionary Branch, and we got to this part where they said, okay, we need everyone to turn off anything that can record, we're going to stop our live stream, we're going to shut all that down, because we need to pray for some people that if it gets out of who they are and what they're doing, they're done. We couldn't get them out fast enough. So there's people that are really experiencing what Paul was experiencing and, and fearing for their life on their missionary things. And, and that's a real thing. It's, it's just not here. But there's people that really need prayer and support and encouragement like we talked about last week. But God still calls you to hard things sometimes. God still calls you to some really hard relationships where maybe God's looking at you going, hey, this person needs to know what it feels like to be loved through everything they've done. And I realize that they've done some really, really cruddy things to you. And I realize that I'm asking you to dig up some stuff that's really difficult. But if you say you follow me and you love me and you believe me and you understand what I've done for you, then you can't keep this a secret. And when you go to this person who hurt you the way they did and you show them the love of God, it's going to blow their mind. And sometimes the hard thing that God's calling you to do, he might be going, you know, I, I need to put you into service here. Like, I need you to go out and make an impact in your community, and you need to draw people in. But you're getting really, really hung up by the stuff that you did. And so the first hard thing I need you to do is give it to me. The first hard thing I need you to do is let God forgive you and then move past this. Because, well, these things that happened to you and these things that you do were not God's plan for your life. God is a redeemer, and he wants to redeem those things. But in order to do that, at times, we just have to give it to him and go, God, you have to do what you need to do with this. And that's really, really hard. A lot of times it's just simple conversations that are really, really hard. To be honest with you, this up here for me is really, really easy. Like I, I still get terrified that I'm not giving context correctly or that I'm saying something heretical or i baffled by why anyone would listen to me. But actually getting up in front of people talking, that's really easy for me. I, I don't know that there's a group size that I found that would that would bother me unless it's like 10 people it's really really hard for me to talk to a small group to lead a small group it, it's really close and personal and it's really uncomfortable for me i'm not good at the relationships thing but God calls you to this. He moved us into a neighborhood and said, Rick, I put you here because your neighbors need to know me. 
And it's really easy for me to go, yeah, but God, you know, I do the whole stage thing every once in a while, and, and that's, that's what you made me for. And he's like, no, I need you to build a relationship here. And so God's calling you to something difficult. That's not the question. It's what are you going to do with it? Now, unfortunately, my record of following through on difficult things that God has called me to is not perfect. And I would hate to see the ratio of uh, follow through and quitting. So I'm not getting up here telling you, oh, you just, you know, bear through it. I do every time. I don't. I chicken out far too often. God's calling you to it. Because if you believe everything that was in here, if you believe that there is a God who created you, had a design for your life, created you with a passion and a purpose, put you onto this earth so you could glorify him and connect others to him and build relationship with him so that they can have an eternity in heaven with him, then we got to do the hard stuff. And sometimes we get beat up. And sometimes we get bruised up. And sometimes we mess up. And sometimes we take a break. And breaks are okay. Like we see Paul went back to Antioch. He had to heal up. He regrouped. That's one of the main, main values of, of church and community is because God said it's going to be hard and every once in a while you're going to have to get back with your people. And you're going to have to find encouragers. We're going to have to find Barnabas in here to say, guys, you can do it. You can keep on going. And that's what this is. That's what small groups are. They're really, really uncomfortable. But this is where, where God's going, I have some people for you who are going to lift you up when things are tough. And you're going to need a little rest and a little break. And, and that's okay. But then it's time to get back out there. Rest up. Grab a drink of water, get back on the court, right? When I coached basketball, that's what it was. You'd pull someone off and be like, hey, you hustled and hustled and hustled. I want you to take 30 seconds of breath, get some water, because I need you back out there. And that's what God's telling some of you today. It's time to get back out there. So is it time to get back in the game? Have some of you said, you know, I served faithfully. I served in the church for years and years and years. This is my break. Well, break's over. There's a whole, whole bunch of kids over in that wing that need to hear this same story. There's a bunch of teens that need to hear this same story. You got family members who need to hear the same story and neighbors and coworkers and Starbucks workers the really annoying guy that you run into all the time that you don't want to ever talk to but he keeps showing up that guy's got to hear this and it's hard the bible never said it wasn't going to be and there's a significant difference between relationship and just saying things like we, we so often love to to just you know retweet or or sh send the meme out there and we can say all these things that, that fit really well with, 
with our group and our people. It's really easy for us to, to post things just abortion is wrong and, and this has got to happen and, and you know, we got to save the babies. You know what's really, really hard? is going along someone who's trying to make those decisions, whether it's a, a single mom or a family that's in a really tough spot and they think that, that hope is gone and that's their only option. And for you to come alongside them and go, hey, I believe in life so much. I believe in that child's life and I believe in your life. And because I believe in life so much, I'm here for you. I'm going to be here for you. When you need some extra money to buy a can of formula, I'm your phone call. When you need a babysitter so you can go to work, I'm your phone call. When you need a place to crash, I'm your phone call. I'm going to be there in life for you because I choose life. That's hard. That's sacrifice. That is showing people who Jesus is. Church, I don't know that we do enough of it. Because it's really uncomfortable. So it's time to get in the game. 61% of Kalamazoo does not understand what Paul was willing to die for. 61% of Kalamazoo is desperately waiting for you to come up to him and say, God loves you. And I love you. There's nothing you can do about it. Michael, go ahead. <laughs>